So good morning. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I am Jeremy Pleasant. I'm the senior pastor here at the Vineyard Church of Baton Rouge, and I want to welcome you. I'm really glad uh, you're here with us. Uh, we're going to dive in here pretty quickly as we kind of had a longer kind of uh, part, front part of the service. Uh, we've been in this series, Hearing God. Uh, actually, we, we just started last week, and it's something I'm really, really excited about as we kind of navigate what that looks like for us. And, you know, one thing I, I talked about last week is that kind of no matter where you are in your journey, we have a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds in our community here, uh, both culturally and, and, and church backgrounds, including those who have not been church. And so this idea of hearing God is something that means something different to everyone. And so no matter where you are, we're really exploring what that looks like to actually hear the voice of God in a way that we haven't heard it before. And for those who would say that, hey, I hear God constantly, we're going to be looking at it from a place of seeing where God speaks in ways that we haven't actually seen before and actually grow to a new depth in him. And so I'm really excited about that. This week, uh, my friend Bo Corsetto is going to be speaking. Bo, won't you come on up? Um, I've, I've, um, I've gotten to know Bo over the last couple years. Uh, we, we've become, uh, I think, some, some pretty good friends uh, over these last couple years. Bo... Uh, moved to Louisiana. Uh, he and his family uh, moved here this last year uh, to, to lead InterVarsity for Louisiana, which InterVarsity has, has actually not been in Louisiana before. And, you know, one of the things, actually, when I first met Bo, before we even knew each other, when we were strangers, uh, I was like, hey, man, you know, you know where a lot of the campus ministries and the, the, the Christian fraternity and sororities haven't been? I was like, on HBCUs. I was like, hey, that's something I really wanted when I was at Southern. And he was like, you know what, Jeremy, that's actually one of the things we want to do. We want to see this ministry actually across all campuses in Louisiana and actually seeing people from all of our universities worshiping together. And so Bo has a deep heart for reconciliation. I think that's one of the reasons why we've kind of connected so well is that, you know, God's heart is reconciliation. And, uh, and we're seeing that. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, now you just need to like the, the photo, right? Just like with the handshake. And <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, so I'm really excited that he's speaking today. I'm really excited for the ministry that's going forward uh, with InterVarsity and that we get to uh, we get to partner together and uh, in this kingdom life. Turn it on this time. There you go. All right. Is testing. Am I on? Am I on? All right. Very happy to be here with you. Um, before I get started on the topic, I want to tell you a little bit uh, more about InterVarsity just for a few minutes. If you could do me a favor, could everyone stand up? I want to do a little exercise with you. Um, and when everyone is standing up, this will take a tiny bit of organization from you, but could everyone sit down except for one person in your row? So keep one person in your row standing. Okay, we're good? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty astute church. Um, so if you look around, um, that's what's happening on the college campus right now when students are going to, to college. Uh, if everyone in this room, it's about 100 people, was considered a Christian going to college, by the end of the four years, this is how many are still Christian standing up. That's a problem. Uh, between 60 and 80 percent of students that go to secular colleges claiming Christianity as their faith uh, they're not claiming it anymore by the end of college. Uh, that's according to Barna Research. He's one of the foremost Christian researches, researchers in America, worldwide. 
A lot of books have been written on it. You can go look at Christianity Today. They'll have that. Um, college students are walking away from the faith. Even more uh, alarming than that, you can imagine. You can go ahead and sit down. Um, even more alarming than that, uh, a new statistic has just come out. Again, you can go look at Christianity Today. But of those that would call themselves Christian going to college, they're saying only one out of 11, so that's less than 10%, are engaging their faith regularly on the college campus. And the way that they're describing it is like actively reading their scripture, getting involved with church, praying. It's, it's as if you go to college and you just put it on the back burner. And you'd say, oh, I'm a Christian, but only one out of 11 of people you'd meet that say, oh, I'm Christian, are actually engaging their faith. Does that make sense? Um, I have a few women visiting today right here. Raise your hand. From Loyola. They came all the way up from Loyola uh, down in New Orleans. Um, they're engaging their faith. Uh, thank you. And uh, they came up last night, stayed at our house. A uh, young woman here, Maddie, who's still in high school, and we did vision boards last night. I don't know if you've ever done that, but setting goals for the year. It's fun to have them here. I, I advise you, talk to them after church. What is it like being in college and trying to engage your faith? You know, you're on your own. You're away from home. Uh, how do you connect with new people and God and church? If you don't have a car, how do you get to church? Our whole mission is about being on campus, helping people thrive in their faith. I haven't even talked about people that don't believe in God yet. That was me. When I came to college, I didn't even believe in God. I didn't have any faith background whatsoever. And uh, I was able to be reached by a ministry like InterVarsity and come to faith and fall in love with Jesus. In a nutshell, that's what we do. We're, we're here there's 38 colleges in Louisiana. We want to see a group of students that are engaging Jesus and learning how to share their faith vibrantly on all 38 campuses. That's historically black colleges. That's going to be your four-year colleges. That's going to be your two-year colleges. We want to be on all 38. So if you know someone on one of those campuses that would love training from someone like me to lead Bible studies, to learn how to share their faith, to start groups, I want to meet them. Uh, just after last service, someone came up to me and said, hey, I'm an associate professor at one of the schools. I'd love to help you. That's hugely helpful. You might say, I know someone out of school four, four hours away, but I, I know a connection there. I'd love to know that. You, you yourself might go to one of those schools. Please come talk to me. Um, more to say about that later if you want to know. Um, and you can always check out our website, plantlouisiana.com. Lots of videos, pictures. You can see the progress we've made in one semester uh, getting ministry started on eight colleges, actually. So that's plantlouisiana.com. So thanks uh, for praying for us about that. Let me pray for us, and then I'll get into our message. Lord, uh, thank you for today. Thank you for bringing uh, engaged people to church this morning. Uh, would you help us be in tune with your Holy Spirit? Would you help us to learn to hear your voice? Would we receive a message from you, and walk out of here with faith, with hope, with joy, uh, with expectation for what's next with you. Would you make your word come alive? And Lord, with anything I say that's from you, would it stick strongly on our hearts and souls? And anything that is not from you, would you just let it fade away? In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, any podcast listeners in here? Okay, music people? Uh, I'm big with my podcasts on the road, especially. Uh, I always have my headphones with me. And uh, just a few months ago, I went to a conference, and I had to be roomed with a guy I didn't know very well. So I was especially uh, eager to be able to plug into my podcast. You know, I don't know if he's a snorer or, you know, 
talks in his sleep, whatever, but I like to wind down with a podcast and just, it helps me relax and then knock out, okay? Anyone else like that? And so I'm testing my headphones, my earbuds, you know, three or four hours before, and I plug it in, turn it on, and all the sound's coming out of my phone, but not out of my headphones. And I'm like, this is making me anxious. I'm, this is not going to be a good night, you know, like that kind of feeling. And I'm like, why isn't this working? So I'm trying different things. Nothing's working. Um, and I'm, I'm trying everything I can to figure it out. And then it, it comes like three or four hours later, and I'm telling everyone like, oh, my gosh, why aren't these working? I, my headphones broke again. And someone goes, have you reset your phone? And I go, well, why would I reset my phone? It's my headphones aren't working. They go, no, reset your phone and then try. So I did this whole reset thing, comes back on, plug it in, and it worked perfectly. Okay, and I was like, wow. Okay, it wasn't a headphone problem, it was an iPhone problem, okay? And I start with that today to say, when it comes to hearing God, what I want to talk about today is, it might not be a God problem, it might be an us problem, okay? We might need a reset. And I don't say this with condemnation, like, oh, you're bad, you're screwed up, you can't hear God, don't hear that. What I'm hearing is an invitation to say, what if we could reset right now in the next 30 minutes, with a couple shifts, and our hearing of God could become that much more clear. Wouldn't that be awesome? What if our headphones, as far as hearing God is concerned, started working with just a couple clicks, a couple shifts, and we were able to be in better position to hear from God? That's what I want to talk about today. Is that exciting? Are you ready for that? Let's start the new year with resetting and getting into a few principles so that we can hear God's voice more clearly. Uh, the first image I want to bring to mind for us is, is actually uh, the vine and the branches. I'm going to talk about a couple images today. And when I think about resetting so we can hear the voice of God, the first reset I would say, if you're taking notes, is we need to reset our position. We've become out of position when it comes to Christ and hearing him. Vine and the branches is a perfect example. Uh, John 15, if you're not familiar with it, if you are, I'd invite you to ruminate on it this week. But John 15 is so clear that we are the branches, Jesus is the vine. And that insinuates so many things about connection and intimacy that I want to unpack for a minute. Anyone a Saints fan? Is there, is there something happening today? Okay, it's kind of a big game, right? I mean, when you look at playoffs especially, the way that you play your position is so important for the outcome of the game. When people start getting out of position, you start having negative plays and you start losing. Okay? So today when you're watching the game, think about the guys. Are they in position? Are they in the correct position? Are they making winning plays? I think the first part in hearing God is resetting our position so that we are able to properly hear from God when he wants to speak to us. If you look at the next slide. Oh, sorry. You can keep it there. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is wanting and inviting to, to us to reset into this image of intricate connection, where it's almost as if you can't tell the difference between who, where he starts, where we begin, and vice versa. I was talking earlier in the service, being new to Louisiana, I've had to learn about bayous, okay? And what is the definition of a bayou? Okay, anyone, anyone here know? You don't have to say it, but do you know? Oh, okay, not a lot of people know the definition of a bayou. I was told that the definition of a bayou is a waterway that flows two ways. Will anyone confirm that? 
don't know. Okay, go look it up. I was told bayous flow two ways. And I think about that with this image of the vine and the branches is that we're so connected to Jesus that it's as if life is flowing two ways, right? We're flowing into him. He's flowing into us. And when we think about hearing God, resetting for the year, how connected are you to him? How close do you feel? How much time are you spending? Let's go to the next slide. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as, my, I, just as I kept my Father's commands and remain in his. Sorry, the slides are doing that weird thing again. We're having a problem. Let me read this to you. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Um, when I think about resetting our position, it, it's not just the intimacy, the, the closeness, the connection, the flowing to ways. It's also an invitation into his commands. If you see the key word there is remaining, his love is already available. Uh, there's no command we can follow to make him love us more. But part of staying or resetting our connection with God is asking, how can I be obeying you more? How, how can I follow you more? That our desires would grow to say, I actually want to follow the things that you're saying. Some of you in here, uh, the invitation from God in order to reset your position to hear from him is to ask, is there anything else you want me to follow? Is there anything, any desire you have for me or desire that you have that you'd want me to come in agreement with to remain further in your love? It's there, but I want to experience more of that connection. And it's through commands. It's through following his commands. Let's keep going. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants. Because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. So we're connected. There's this sense of command, following his commands helps us remain in his love. And then this third aspect of resetting our position is that he actually calls us friends. I mean, he is literally saying that you are my friends as you are connected to me. Because friends, what? They know their master's business. They're not hidden from it. And so as we think about resetting our position, what I want to invite you to, to think about is, how are you uh, spending time? How are you connecting with Jesus in a way that is asking, hey, what is it that you would want me to follow? What, what commands are you asking me to be in alignment? Um, do you feel as though you are friends with him? Are you experiencing friendship in a way that would say, um, I know what you're doing, and you know what I'm doing, and we're almost in sync. And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute, a, a, a phrase and an insight that I've gotten from some reading I've done that brings us even more into that. But resetting our position um, allows us to come back to this place of saying, I want to remain. I want to be connected. Um, I want to be close to Jesus, so much so that we're friends. And that is the position, the starting position from where the voice of God, hearing God, connecting with God starts all the time. Um, to illustrate this, let me tell you about my daughter. Hit the next slide. Uh, this is Sophia. She's uh, six years old. 
I have three kids, an uh, eight-year-old boy, Sophia is six, and then I have a son who's four years old. And Sophia has always been a daddy's girl, okay? Loves sitting with me. She's always the sweetest to me, uh, says nice things. I mean, wants to spend time. Like, it's just awesome, okay? Like, I can't get away from it. Well, recently, uh, we've taught her to ride a bike without training wheels, okay? And she's just cruising on this bike. We've also moved to Louisiana. We're not in the streets of L.A. anymore. So it's a little bit easier and safer for her to ride around the neighborhood. Well, the last month, I cannot find her, okay? Like, she's just out cruising with her friends. Um, Last night, we're walking in the neighborhood, and I got my two boys and her, and she sees her girlfriend. And she's like, can I go ride with them? I'm like, no problem. Just I'll find you in a little bit. We're around the neighborhood. Well, it's starting to get dark. Don't see her, so I have to, like, knock on my neighbor's door because my wife is out. I'm like, can you watch my four-year-old? i got to go find my daughter. And he's like, you lost your daughter? I'm like, no, I didn't really lose my daughter. She's at someone's house. I just don't know which one. And she's just, like, mobile now at six years old, okay? And he's just like, oh, geez, okay. Um, So I find her, and I track her down. I want to show you this video because just a couple weeks ago – Again, she's riding. I know exactly where she is in the neighborhood, but we have to go down and find her. It's time to come home. It's dinner time. So look at this video. I want you to hear uh, the, the the, the voices. It's sideways. Just listen to the voices. No? No? Sound? Redo. Especially because you're on anesthesia. You're doing great, girl. Where are your shoes? Where are your shoes? I don't know. So I come down, she has no shoes on, she's riding, where are your shoes, what I said, and she goes, I don't know, I'm out of here. Well, what's my point? My point is, don't we get like that with God? Like, we're on his lap, we're connected to him, we're daddy's girl, we're daddy's son, and all of a sudden we get some, you know, independence, we, we start moving, our life gets busy, we have jobs, we have ministry, we have family, and he's like looking for us, and we're like, where are your shoes? I don't know, I'm just, get out of here. You know, and we're just cruising. And the metaphor isn't perfect. The analogy isn't perfect because there's great things about her being out in the neighborhood and riding and nothing was wrong. But the point I'm getting at is if we want to hear from God more clearly, the reset we need to make and we need to constantly ask is, are we sitting with God? Are we connected to him? Are we spending time with him? Are we remaining daddy's girl, daddy's boy? Like, are we snuggling up to him and asking him, what's going on? Is there any way I could follow you better? We're friends. I want to know your plans. I want you to know mine. Are we talking to him? I think of uh, Mary and Martha is is another good image to go with this. Martha's busy preparing, and Mary's sitting at his feet. Is being busy for Jesus bad? No. But he's saying, don't forget to sit at my feet. Don't forget to remain. I know for me, as I start this year, With all that I have going on, with the ministries we're starting and the family I'm raising, it is so easy for me to just get busy going. And I'm like, why aren't I hearing from God? Why why aren't I feeling connected with God? It's not that I'm not connected to him. It's not that I'm not in his love. It's not that I'm not a branch on his vine. I love God. But I'm not experiencing it because I'm not remaining. I'm not choosing the active part of remaining to with him and to spend time with him and to ask him things. I'm off riding my bike with no shoes, cruising the streets. And he's like, let's have a reset. Come spend some time with me. You feel me on that? 
it's not just that we need to reset our position. Um, we also need to reset our hearing. We actually need to discern what are we hearing. Some of us are not hearing the right thing. So if you go to the next uh, slide, two slides. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Don't go there yet. Don't go, don't go, to, don't go to hearing yet. I've got to read you this. I love this from C uh, Dallas Willard. Go, go. Go to the next one. There you go. This is one of the foremost authors on hearing God, Dallas Willard. Great author. And he says this. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not, no, that's not the right one. Um, sheesh, come on now. Jesus calls us friends if we do what he commands us. As God's friends, we always want to be asking God what he is doing and how he wants us to work with him. God's desires are important to us. Friends are people who understand one another. And so as friends with Jesus, we obey because we understand what God, our intimate friend, is doing. See, there, there's no obligation there. It's what we understand he is doing. Intimacy with God grows from and creates further shared understanding. Dallas Ward talks about that, that concept, shared understanding. And in, inside of resetting our position, that's what I'm inviting us to reset. Do we have shared understanding with God? Are we sitting with him and remaining with him so much so that we're talking as friends, it's almost as if we have shared understanding. Isn't that powerful? I want more of that in 2019. So it's not just resetting our position. It is resetting our hearing. If we go to the next slide, um, I want to give you another image, um, and it's the sheep and the shepherd. Um, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. The shepherd image is powerful because now it's moving. Um, it's not static. It's moving. There's a shepherd that knows his sheep. He's calling out. They hear his voice. Um, there's other people in this picture, which we're going to see in a minute. There's threatening voices. And the image of resetting our hearing here is who are we following? Who are we hearing? And do we know the difference? That's what I want to talk about for a minute. Check out this verse. The slides might be wrong because they're converting wrong. So just if it is wrong, just... Close your eyes and listen to this. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, those were the religious leaders, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. No one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. Opening, the gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd. The father is the gatekeeper. Jesus is this shepherd that he's opening the gate for. And the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. We need to reset our hearing. And some of us, that's, this might be a faith thing. Some of this, this might be a practical thing. We're going to talk practical in a minute. Faith first. God speaks. Jesus intended for us to hear his voice. He intended for us to follow him. He intended for us to know the difference between his voices and other competing voices. I don't know your church background. I don't know uh, how you've grown up thinking about God and his voice. But he speaks to us and communicates with us. Um, I've been seeing this quote around a lot, 
lately, and, and I like it. I've been thinking about it. No one thinks you're crazy if you pray. Almost every tradition prays. Like, if you pray, oh, okay. But if you say God talks to you, you're crazy. Think about that. No one thinks you're crazy if you pray. But if you say, well, I'm hearing from God, well, that person's going to get a little bit crazy, right? Yet we come to Scripture, and Jesus is so clear, not only in this passage, but he speaks. He intends to lead. I love that part, at least for me. I love the phrase, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. I mean, they know his voice. Sheep are dumb. <laughs> sheep are helpless. They, they can't do anything without the shepherd's voice, protection. We're dumb. We're helpless. If we are not hearing the shepherd's voice, we're not going very far. Do we believe that? Do, do we believe we can hear from God? And I know there's the skepticism running up, like, is this guy hearing audible voices all the time? And blah. I know, just, do we believe God can speak to us, that we can hear his voice and we can follow him? Let's talk about a little bit what I mean by that. Go to the next slide. Um, the shepherd speaks a certain way, and so does the thief. Um, John, 10 said, John 10 says that, Jesus has come to give life and life to the fullest. It also says the thief has come to kill, steal, and steal and destroy. I love this chart because the voice of the shepherd sounds like this. And it's not an exhaustive list, of course, but it calms, it comforts, it convicts, it encourages, it enlightens, it leads, it reassures, it stills. And the, the voice of the thief or the enemy, it obsesses. It, it makes you worry, it condemns, it discourages, it confuses, it pushes, it frightens, and it rushes. See the difference there? Um, when it comes to hearing God and the reset in our hearing, this is where I'm going. We, we have a shepherd who wants to lead us forward in hearing his voice. But many of us are not hearing the shepherd, we're hearing the thief. And we're following. Instead of saying, I'm not following him, he's a stranger, we are hearing it and we're following it. Well, how do you know? Well, I know because I do that too. Uh, one of the things that's, that's been bugging me uh, this, these first nine months being in Louisiana is just worry or anxiety. When you're getting new things going, uh, in every aspect of my life, the ministry, the, fan, the friends, um, you know, setting up our family, all of that, there is a lot of worry. And every day... I am faced with, am I going to listen to the voice of the thief who wants me to live and work out of worry? Or am I going to say, no, I'm not listening to the stranger. I know another voice. I know another person that I'm connected to, that I'm remaining with, that I'm friends with, who is speaking to me comfort or invitation or hope. Right? You see, I'm going to follow that voice. On my worst days, I'm working out of worry and anxiety. Well, who am I following? Following a stranger on a thief. And it's the, the reset. It's, it's the role of the church, of the believer, of friends to say, stop following a stranger. Reset and connect yourself to the voice of God because he is leading to life and life to the fullest. And life to the fullest looks like those kind of words. If you're someone here that maybe just feels completely stuck in one of those words, 
that's why you get prayer ministry at a church. When, when, especially in a vineyard when I say, when someone needs prayer, deeper prayer, or prayer ministry, take, take that offer up and say, pray with me about this. Worry consumes me. Condemnation just consumes me. Stress consumes me. And let people here help you start to discern and hear the voice of God that would call you in a life-giving, hopeful way. God's voice always um, is going to be one that is reassuring, hopeful, loving, um, convicting. Yeah, if we're off path, it will convict us. Hey, come on. I'm inviting you back to the right path. It's not going to be condemning and judgmental. See the difference? God's voice is convicting, potentially. But as we, we zoom in on that, what I want to say most clearly, I mean, as we hear the voice of God, and we need a reset on hearing it, is I think it's always going to come through the lens, if you hit the next slide, of this. This is what I've been praying about. God's voice sounds like sacrificial love. And I think this is the lens we come back to. And am I praying and meditating on both John 10 and John 15 this week? Both passages have lines, have scripture verses, both in John 15, the vine and the branch image, and John 10, the shepherd and sheep image. Both Jesus talks about how real love lays down life for their friend, John 15, or the shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand doesn't. The hired hand runs away. The hired hand runs away, and it actually says the wolf attacks the flock. And it's this voice of sacrificial love that I want to invite all of us back into to have a reset today. How are you experiencing God's sacrificial love for you? Are you hearing him calling you further and further into relationship with him? You know, Jesus has already died for your sins. He's already paid every cost to put you into right relationship with the Father. Right now, every single one of us can experience the overwhelming presence of our Father in heaven because of sacrificial love. Jesus laid down his life so we can have a relation with the Father. Hearing God's voice invites us back into that reality. Any voice that would be calling us towards God's love and God's protection and God's care is a voice from God. Any voice that is not, is not from God. Period. But it's not just into God's love and forgiveness and sacrifice. It's also out to love and, and sacrifice for other people. That's what I love. As we hear God's voice, voices that would call you to serve people sacrificially, to lay down your life for other people, that is a voice of God too. It's otherworldly. There is no intuitive part of us that would say, I'm going to lay down my life for other people. That is only the transformation of Christ. And the more we know him and, and that love that he has for us, the more we're able to receive it and then follow it out to lay down our life and love other people, even to the sacrifice of ourselves. The voice of God calls us into and out into the sacrificial love. That's Jesus. That is the mark of the church. That's what an on-fire church will look like. That's what a, a live church will look like. It's people that are hearing God's love for them and pressing in and remaining in it, following it, letting it transform their identity, and then a church that's stepping out to say, man, I'm going to lay down my life for you because I'm so filled with God's love. And I'm hearing him calling me forward into that service. That's what it looks like. That's our reset we need. We need to reset our position. We need to reset our hearing. I'd encourage you to go and, and meditate on John 15 and John 10 this week. And as we listen to this song, uh, maybe you can put back up that list. 
my most poignant invitation for you right now would be, what's one word that's sticking out to you? I would be so bold to say that the word that's grabbing your attention is God speaking to you right now. That's God speaking to you. He's saying, here's the word that I want to talk to you about. We're friends. And in this next song, reflect on it. If it's a word on the right side, the, the proper response is to confess it. Hey, God, I feel this. God, this is what's going on with me. Let him invite you back into his sacrificial love. If it's one on the left side, the proper response is to fan it. Fan it into flame. I want more of this, God. I want to follow you more into this. Thank you for your comfort. Praise him. Thank him. Worship him. Say, lead me more in this. Make this more of my identity. That's God speaking to you. He wants to grow that. So let's just listen to this song. And let him bring to life one of those words. For me, it's been worry. So I've been confessing that. Leaning into the other direction. I don't know what it is for you. Let me pray. God, thank you that you want to speak to us. You're our shepherd. You speak. As we hear your voice, we follow. God, would you grow our awareness of your voice as well as the strangers so we don't follow the stranger. And right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you bring to life one of these words? Would you highlight it for us? God, would you correct us? Would you invite us? Would you bring us into freedom? Your scripture says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we know your spirit is here. And we ask, would you bring us into freedom around any of the thief voices? And would you continue to fan into flame uh, freedom in any of the ways that we're hearing or following your voice? God, make us more connected to you, abiding in you, and following you. We want to hear your voice, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.